it's when I worked on computers. I'm like, okay, this is this is what I want to do. This is interesting. And I think exposure is very essential. And that's why we're doing after school programs, mm-hmm. summer camps to showcase, okay, try this. You like it? Okay. If you don't, then it's not, it's not a problem. This is a path that you go through to understand what you want to be. I love the way you do it with the robotics mm-hmm. because that's something that kids can think is really yes. cool. Yeah, and then yeah. they can start understanding, okay, this is exactly. how it builds and this is how it's affecting my life and the future of that. Yes, exactly. It's a really important work. Thank you very much. Hey, hey Hey, should I come in? Yeah. Welcome, welcome. Oh, this is cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, Binat, if you mind sharing, how did you get involved with uh, Bethlehem and why? <laughs> <laughs> It started off with uh, a genuine meeting. Mm-hmm. I arrived in Addis Ababa. My name is Innocent Mugenga, and you're listening to the Learnability Podcast. We all come from somewhere and aim to make a journey through life. Constant change. This is an open-ended exploration of our ability and desire to learn, grow, and adapt. In conversation with inspiring individuals and experts in the fields of sciences, technology, behavior, and performance, we seek to find answers to how to navigate and win in this information age. The future is happening now and we aspire to evenly distribute the knowledge by empowering your learnability. Let's go. There we go. So, welcome, Bethlehem. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. <laughs> How are you liking Stockholm? Uh, it's, it's good so far. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I came here last year around April, I believe. Oh, yeah. It was much colder than this, but okay. now, <laughs> but now it's it's better. It's a little bit better. Yeah, I'm really excited about this conversation. Mm-hmm. Speaking to the African AI queen, yeah. as you've been called <laughs> in your coverage in international <laughs> media. What I would like to explore in this podcast mm-hmm. is your journey. And getting sort of cues of what's driven you and how you've been able to create what you've created and also position yourself in the way you've positioned yourself. So let's start by taking it all the way back. Mm. Tell us a little bit about your journey. How did you get into tech and AI? So uh, I got into tech when I was very young. Yeah. I started coding uh, when I was uh, nine years old because I wanted to make some money. So That's really young, and money was yeah, your motivation. Yes, it was because I wanted to celebrate my birthday, and my father wouldn't give me money. Okay. So I figured I made a deal with him and said, if I made money using the computer that we had at the shop, then I'll be able to keep it and celebrate my birthday. Mm. So I installed some apps on people's phones. I edited some videos, and I made about ninety dollars. So the next thing I thought of was, how do I promote my business? So the, already you're starting of scaling, the, starting yes. thinking of scaling this up and exactly. creating a business. Exactly. And this was your father's uh, computer store. Yes, yeah. exactly. Uh, he, it's not a computer store per se, but we had a computer in the store. Okay. Yeah. So uh, yeah, and then I wanted to promote my business, and then the things that I would see when we had uh, uh, the shows, they would showcase like toys. And they would write the website underneath so that you can explore more, order it online and such. So I I thought, okay, I might as well go ahead and promote my business on a website. So that's how I first started coding. 
Okay, so you coded a website in order mm. to promote and get more business. Exactly. Where did you le- learn like the first coding, like the first lines or yeah. you started from nothing and you just... Yeah, we had dial-up internet and the internet didn't have a lot of resources back then. It was it was, uh, it was was 10 years ago. Yeah. So you didn't find that much resources. So it was filtered and there was limited resources. There was also someone, uh, a teacher actually in one of the colleges around that area that would bring me books so that I would read and learn mm. about it. Yeah. Okay. So you had some support. A mentor. A yes. mentor. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So this is how you fell into tech mm. at the age of nine years old. Yes. And I read that you quite quickly started teaching as well. Yeah. And that's really interesting as we explore Normally, when we talk about sort of the best hack for learning, mm-hmm. I say it's teaching. Yes, Would I you agree. Experience the same thing. Yes, yes. The more you teach people, the more you learn about what you do. So that's and you, the more you're expert at it. So I think teaching is the best way to teach yourself. But also was kind of giving the opportunity that I had for others because I knew that the amount of things that it exposed me to the internet. Being able to build a website, the way I was thinking about things changed. So that's why I wanted to do, um, to do, uh, to teach. And I started that at a very early age too. Could you explain how it's changed your way of thinking? Like, um, the, the coding, is yeah. it a systematic approach to thinking? Yes. Kind of like breaking down things into some kind of like project. And then dividing that project into a set of other projects. Mm. So dividing and then approaching that in every step instead of going ahead at it at once. So it's kind of like making a decision tree or uh, creating a system where it's more efficient. So those kind of things, I think about that, those things like that because of the skills that I had while I was coding and programming. So these sort of skills. Coding methodologies mm. are applied in your day-to-day life. Most definitely, yes. How did your career develop from there? So uh, I was the government uh, sponsored me to go to the capital city. I was uh, raised, in, born and raised in a town called Harar. So I went to the capital city. I worked with different government agencies on real-life projects. So I was able to kind of like polish my programming and coding skills. But and then I started freelancing. But then um, before I started the program now, I Code Anyone Can Code, I was a mentor at a project called The Girls Can Code, which is a project by the U.S. Embassy in Addis Ababa. So we taught about 40 girls on the basics of coding and robotics. And then I was very inspired. And it also reminded me how much I love teaching and also how much uh, it has impacted the girls' lives. So I figured I might as well do this in a more sustainable way in which we'll be able to generate revenue at the same time benefit and impact the society. So that's how my, my career has how went from being a freelance developer to a tech educator. I want to take it a step back. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mentioned something interesting there. I would like to get, um, let's say, a view mm-hmm. of the environment you grew up in and moved to mm-hmm. and speaking about Ethiopia, Addis Ababa and mm-hmm. Harar, where you were born. Yes. Could you tell us maybe, I think a way of exploring it could be the differences between your town of birth mm-hmm. and uh, moving to the capital of mm-hmm. Addis Ababa. So the capital of Addis had a lot of cars, mm-hmm. a lot of buildings. Oh, yeah. Uh, we had like two, three buildings back then in Harar. Okay, uh, so it's kind of, yeah, it's a very small, 
and everyone knew each other. It was very friendly, it was very cozy, but because Addis Ababa was big, it was kind of like um, a lot of cars, a lot of noise, mm. and a lot of, uh, you know, like the big cities yeah. would have. More urban. Uh, more urbanized. Um, Hara was more of like kind of, you knew everyone, everyone was your either your cousin, your neighbor, but in Addis, it's very large. So it's really even hard to talk to your neighbor because everyone is so busy with their daily lives. So it was kind of like a cultural shock when I went from Harar to Addis. But um, it was it was a good environment for me. And it, being able to grow, yeah. when you get out of your comfort zone, that's when you're able to grow. But these are some of the differences, I would say. That's some of the differences. And, and you're still at young age, but I'm thinking like being, a, a, as a kid growing up outside mm-hmm. of the city, mm-hmm. there might have been some benefits with that, with having maybe more free time, downtime, yeah. and time to play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Would you say? Uh, I mean, it's, I mean, it was the same routine in Harar and Addis. I always were, um, after school, I either go to the uh, offices to use internet, Or I either go to home and work on the projects that I'm working on, wake up, uh, wake up at four and then do homework to get ready for the day and then go to school. It's basically the same thing, I would say. Where did you get this drive from? Because this is like how the most successful entrepreneur is trying to be this disciplined and mm-hmm. you just seem to have it. I mean, my, no, my father, my father, father okay. yes, yeah. that was my motivation, <laughs> I would say. Um, I had to wake up. It was kind of like a military kind of situation mm-hmm. where you have to wake up at four because you have to utilize as much time as you have because you're not only learning, but you're also working on these things. And if you want to do both, you need to find time for it. And okay. that's what that was kind of the deal. So you have to have time for learning and time for also delivering. Exactly, okay. exactly. Going back to ICOG, which mm-hmm. is today run, anyone can code. Mm-hmm. Could you tell us a little bit about that? So uh, ICOG, I partner with a company called ICOG Labs. Yeah. ICOG Labs is an artificial intelligence and robotics company, which works on the development and research of artificial intelligence. So ICOG is very famous for its contribution on Sophia the Robot. Yeah, So, um, but also Which was a big international uh, yeah. news story. Yeah, yeah. So uh, some part of our software is developed at our lab. In Addis Ababa. In Addis Ababa, in Ethiopia. So uh, I partnered with ICOG Labs to, there was a lot of knowledge mm-hmm. that they got from working with different global organizations. And also there was a lot of talent there. So we teamed up so that how can we transfer the knowledge that I personally had and also as a ICOG as a company had to get into the students so that we'll have more educated people about tech and to get them ready for the 21st century. So that's how we um, got into to found ICOG Anyone Can Code, which teaches young children from age 8 to 18 on the basics of coding and robotics. 8 to 18. Yes. And what's your methodology? Like first off, getting them interested in this and then actually making the information attainable, mm. that they can use it. I'm really interested in this coming from a learnability perspective. Mm. This is sort of what we're trying to do here. Right now we're doing it more in a communicative way through mm. this podcast. And you're the perfect guest to give us a, a view of how this could be implemented. Yeah, when we, start, when we start teaching kids, what we see is there's a lot of resistance from parents first. So it's kind of creating the awareness to the parents and how this would be useful. Because they're the ones that are going to decide, okay, you go here or 
I'll do that for you. So the first step is creating awareness for parents. Right now, they might be thinking medical school or yes, lawyer. Yes, lawyer. Yeah. Exactly, <laughs> the usual. But other than that, um, it's about creating exposure, creating awareness first. And then we go to the school and then we talk about, okay, these are robots. This is what you'll be able to do. The same awareness creation, but in kind of like in a flashy and uh, that would attract the kids. A more display type of way. Yes, exactly. And after that, we just start coding. We start with very low level, low level meaning um, very basic kind of Lego type of programming language called Scratch. We start from that and then we take it till AI and machine learning. So if they start at grade three, they'll be able to complete all of the lessons when they go out of high school. So it's not, it's not only considering computer science as a career path, but a way to advance in whatever career you're in. Whether you be a doctor, lawyer, or anyone, Having you can utilize sense. those skill sets uh, in any workplace. That's so smart because it will become more and more uh, intrusive in our lives and a part of, of everything. Exactly. And I believe that you have to be smarter than the machines that you're using, which eventually will be the robots. Yes. So before we go into AI and, and why you believe this is an important field, mm-hmm. what's like if we look at ICOG, how long have you been around? Uh, ICOG has been around for six, for the past six years. Uh, ACC has been around for the past four. And what's your maybe dreams or hopes about the future? So we're currently working in Addis Ababa, Ethiopia, and also in other 15 cities yeah. in Ethiopia. But now we're in Stockholm. We're delivering yes. the training here. Uh, but we want to expand whatever we get from uh, whatever experiences that we get from here. We want to expand it to other African countries. Mm. So in 2021, that's our vision is to actually go to emerging markets and uh, work on these projects. Oh, yeah. This is connected to the goal of educating uh, 3 million yes, students. Yes, exactly. That's a huge goal. I know. It's a huge goal that we'll accomplish. <laughs> Definitely. And if I can help you, when you say you're expanding to other cities, mm-hmm. uh, I'll see what I can find in Kigali, in yeah. Rwanda. Oh, you're from Rwanda. Yes, I was yes. in Kigali just like, I don't know, maybe two months ago. Ah, I loved it. You loved yeah. it, right? Yeah, yes. yeah, I loved it. Yeah, yeah. Et- Et- Ethiopia and Addis is high up on my list as well. So <laughs> okay. I'll come and visit you. I see. Okay, that's a really huge goals and seeing what you've achieved so far and the way you're partnering up with people as well, because mm-hmm. I think that's important in mm-hmm. achieving goals like this. I can see you achieving this. Oh, thank you. That means a lot. So going a little bit deeper into AI, mm-hmm. how would you, how do you explain AI to, to kids? Okay. So AI is, uh, so when you're born, right, you are, uh, you learn languages, yeah. you get to say mom, dad, and these are kind of the skills that were given to you as a human being by God or whoever that you think created you, right? So these kind of skills are not given to machines. So you need to be able to install like mm. a software program, these skills onto these machines. Yes. So we're but, taking our skills and putting it in another code or another language. Exactly. So the computer have the same skills. Exactly. So that's what basically AI means. So, but currently as human beings, there are different components. We have emotions, we have consciousness, we have intelligence, right? Uh, intelligence is the only thing that we understand a bit. Consciousness, emotions are still some things that we can't even explain very well. So... If, we under, if you understand something, you'll be able to make it. 
because there are logic and reasoning, yes, yes or no, uh, right or wrong. Itself. So these things that you can say have two answers because mm. computers co- work with zeros and ones. It's yes. either a yes, it's a no. So being able to give that type of uh, skill to a computer to mm. reason based on also data. So when you learn, you talk, oh, someone said this, or this research, ha- this research has been done. So this means that. Mm. So based on the data that you have, you're able to decide. So the computer also needs that data and also the learning skills so that it will become intelligent or the machine. So basically that's what AI is. So, and what you're talking about there, about the next step sort of with uh, consciousness, is that where we reach AGI, artificial general, general intelligence? Um, yeah, AGI is kind of like human level intelligence. Mm-hmm. Currently, we're working on narrow AIs, yes. which focus on uh, a specific goal. Yeah. For example, self-driving car. If it's on maybe a Toyota Corolla, it might not work on a big truck because it's just developed for that small car. Or So it's kind of... Being able to navigate, for example, if you can drive a small car, maybe you can also drive a truck because you have the ability to learn as a human being. Mm. So that's kind of what AGI is, is giving the ability to learn based on your previous experiences. Okay, so it's teaching itself. Yes, exactly. So you learned this skill, now uh, broaden that to this skill and then broaden on and on and on. Exactly. What gets you excited about AI? Mm. I mean, the potential it has. Uh, the potential it has to actually solve real grassroots problems uh, in countries like Ethiopia and countries and other countries in the continent, in Africa. Because a lot of uh, things or innovations here are cool. Okay, this is something cool that we should try. Mm. But there's actually real necessities uh, in regards to healthcare, agriculture. We can utilize a lot of data and Mm. find ways to solve those problems using AI. So I think the its potential is really great, but it also scares me that uh, it's not the AI that's evil, it's the people that work on it. Yeah. So I, through these programs, I want to make sure that we have enough people from African descent that are contributing to the development of these types of tools. That's great. Because mm-hmm. any innovation, I guess, could go either way. Well, yes. There's both sides to it, the good and the bad with True. any innovation True. throughout history. I agree. Talking about robotics, which mm-hmm. you also mentioned that is a part of your educational program. Yes. Uh, what, what gets you excited when it comes to robotics and how, what real life applications can we see with the robotics? It seems like what we get a lot right now from uh, uh, popular culture mm-hmm. or media, yeah, yeah. it's, it's uh, more on the science fiction side. Yes. But what if we're talking impact? Yeah. How do you see robotics being a part of that? I mean, robotics, now you can see applications that People who are mutated can use the, these, these arms that are very robotic, um, uh, manufacturing or very simple like tractors that could help you, uh, get higher yield in agriculture. But eventually robots will be our, be part of our day to day life. So being able to understand them, how to operate them and being able to understand how it works is very essential for us to actually live the best life that we could or excel in whatever we're doing. That's why robotics is an essential part of our curriculum. And that's why we're teaching it, because we know they're going to be part of society uh, in the near future. So if you're able to manage them, if you're able to work, uh, code them, if you're able to tell them what to do, then you're good. So that's what we're trying to uh, show. But currently robotics is applied in like manufacturing industries, big, big industries, but eventually will be 
something that we use day to day life. In a daily use. Yes. So it really sounds like what you're doing here is looking at the future, looking mm-hmm. at the the major technologies and the technological development mm-hmm. and sort of future proofing people. Yes, uh, exactly. Yeah. yeah, more or less. <laughs> Making them ready for what's about to come. Exactly. What is your favorite innovation throughout history? Oh wow, that's a difficult question. <laughs> Um, the internet. The internet. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's a good answer. <laughs> yeah, the internet is. Yeah. Is it the ability? What specific part about it? Is it the ability to connect worldwide? Exactly to connect and making make everything feel make make it feel like in a box, right? Mm-hmm. It's not really a box, but instead everyone is together at once, and the ability is among. But you can be connected to anyone around the world. That's that's just crazy. Unless like teleportation happens, I think that's the best thing. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> until far, until <laughs> yes, yes. Hopefully, it will happen in our lifetime. Oh yeah, I, I bet you'll have a hand in it. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite source of information? <laughs> okay, and uh, I mean there are different types of information. I mean, uh, entertainment. Then there's uh, tech. Then there's. Uh, So I would say the I mean the best way to get information I would say is from like Bloomberg for example for me yeah. in regards to tech yes. but other than that uh I'm a huge uh, I I use Twitter a lot. So basically that's my source of information in regards to the current situations happening in Ethiopia and in the world and also other finance, tech, business, anything else. I just got back to Twitter actually, and I want to use it as a news source. Yeah, yeah. So I'm trying to get my filter right and get the people yeah. Make sure right that people the following. people that you follow are the right people. Yeah. Because that's what ruins uh, Twitter. Exactly. Yeah. I'm trying to avoid that, but and you feel like you've uh, yeah, accomplished that. Yeah. yeah, and try to follow topics also, not just ah, people. That's a good one. I didn't yeah, know. Yeah. I didn't even know you could do that. Yeah, you can follow topics. <laughs> okay, yeah. I'll do that. So, what's your best hack for learning? Um, I think, uh, making a project out of it, whatever you learn, make sure there's an output at the end. So whenever, like when we learn, okay, so we are going to do a calculator. So, but in order to do a calculator, these are the things that you need to know. Instead of saying, okay, this if loops and stuff like that, the conditionals, you could talk about them. But then if they don't know what the end goal is, it's not as interesting. So I think the best way to learn would be to create a project yeah. that is actually essential or beneficial to you or makes sense and then learn from that project. That's a great answer. You can take your time in answering this one. If you were to write a book mm-hmm. that would be read by all young adults in the world, mm-hmm. what would be the title and subtitle of oh, that wow. book? We were just talking about this like two days ago. Okay. I was just telling me, okay, you should write a book. Yes. But I don't know. Because I want to share my journey, but I don't think that I, um, I mean, there's a lot of story to tell, but it's just, I want to make it more self-help mm. and educational oh, yeah. and how to learn, how to build stuff. But that's, I don't know that's the title story. yet. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Um, I um, definitely think um, you should, and that's what I want to do here and why I've been super excited about mm. this conversation. It should be about your journey and your yeah. story, mm-hmm. and uh, like the learning part. It's it's sort of you explaining because I'm 
wanted in this conversation to get in your head a little bit mm-hmm. and understand like yeah, yeah, yeah. how do you work how how are you able to do the stuff you do so i would love you to elaborate just on that in in a book form yeah. i would love to read that okay i'll do that maybe in 10 years time in, in 10 years time hey. no. <laughs> because i don't want to have like a midlife crisis because uh, when for example okay you write a book when you and then you travel you do that and that i don't want to do everything now i want to give it like kind of a space so I that, that i have more time to enjoy the place that i'm in but i'll definitely write a book i don't know the title yet but i'll let you know when that's i do that's a very healthy way <laughs> I'm, i'm looking at it yeah 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 how old are you today 20 20 mm-hmm. yeah that's right yeah so you have a long time to, uh, yes. to write your books yes i do so moving on mm-hmm. in the last five years mm-hmm. what new beliefs behavior or habits has most improved your life <laughs> So that's from 15 uh, um, to today. Yes. Um, I think the best thing would be like routines. Routines? Yeah. Yes. This is something I started doing like a year ago. But kind of like writing down what I'm going to do this today. Oh, yeah. And having like... Hmm, having a day to myself on Sundays mm. whenever I'm not traveling. Or my idea about like What should I consume? What should I do? What's my routine looking like? I think routines have actually helped me to really structure my life and be yeah. very productive. It's sort of like the creating that type of framework yes. gives you more freedom. Exactly. I'm wondering, because you gave a really balanced answer to my previous question uh-huh. about creating the book. You're taking uh-huh. your time with it. Yeah. And now you also spoke about the balance in Sundays and yeah, having yeah, the day yeah. off. Yeah. Has that, is that something that has grown? Because you're at the same time accomplishing a lot and mm-hmm. seem very driven, mm-hmm. but in a balanced way. Yeah. Is that something that has developed uh, in later years? Yes, most definitely. I, I understand that there needs to be a balance in whatever you do and whatever activity that you do. There's always the good and the bad but you need to make sure that you are always taking care of yourself and you're living a life that has purpose mm. and also living knowing that what's what you're here for mm. uh, it's going to take time to understand that but at least like going towards okay I'm going to do this and that to this today because I have a vision of accomplishing this mm. in the next five years so I think setting a goal making sure Not setting a goal only financially or for your projects, but for yourself. Yes. For example, now I'd say, okay, I, I'm doing intermittent fasting mm, whenever I'm not too. traveling. And then I wa- I wa- I'm doing that because I want to achieve these, these goals. I want to be healthy. I want to be productive. Uh, I want to be fit. So these are the kind of things that you set a goal and then you, uh, dev- you have like sub goals. Yes. And then you'll be able to do that. So I think having both personal and also business or financial goals is important. What are you eager to learn within the near future? Uh, I'm eager to learn more about humans, I would say. Mm -hmm. And especially how, uh, because there are a lot of patterns that I'm seeing right now. Especially, for example, people that is a nutrition that matters for education or the growth of a country. Is it opportunities? Is it trying to identify what is what is impacting and what kind of environment you should be in 
to be the best person that you can possibly be. Mm. So that's something that I'm interested to learn about is like what type of environments do you set up for the young generation oh, yeah. to make sure that they grow. Wow. in the future so yeah sounds like sort of a behavioral economics combined <laughs> with self-help and, yeah uh, i mean i'm uh, yes uh, combined with tech and data yeah. and stuff yeah you're finding that hybrid to yeah. create better societies yes exactly you're speaking earlier about um in, in the previous question about finding your goal and and your purpose in life i believe mm-hmm. you framed it as yeah. you seem to have found it at a young age mm-hmm. and uh, people find it in different times in life mm-hmm. and i'm wondering i have a theory about it it being exposure that's the exactly. determining factor of how how fast you can get to your why or how you want to frame it most definitely i completely agree with that because i have played the piano i have play i've went to like uh, karate i have i've done a lot of things I've done music. And then it's when I worked on computers. I'm like, okay, this is, this is what I want to do. This is interesting. So that's something that I think exposure is very essential. And that's why we really encourage to do this at like extracurricular activities. Yes. You do coding, swimming, athletics. Which one do you feel like fits you most? Or do you want to do arts? What is something that describes you and uh, what do you like to do? And I think exposure is very essential. And that's why we're doing after school programs, mm-hmm. summer camps to showcase, okay, try this. You like it? Okay. If you don't, then it's not, it's not a problem. Yeah. It's something that this is a path that you go through to understand what you want to be. Getting diversity into different industries. Yes. You need to expose. And I love the, the, the way you do it with the robotics mm-hmm. because that's something that kids can think is really yes. cool. Yeah, and then yeah. they can start understanding, okay, this is exactly. how it builds and this is how it's affecting my life and the future of that. Yes, exactly. It's really important work. Mm, yeah. Thank you very much. Hey. hey, Binette. Hey, should I come in? Yeah. Yeah. Welcome, welcome. Oh, this is cozy. In, yeah. uh, so, Binette, uh-huh. if you mind sharing, how did you get involved with uh, Bethlehem and why? <laughs> <laughs> It started off with uh, a genuine meeting. Mm-hmm. I think I arrived in Addis Ababa just a few years ago, like nearly two now. Yes. And I asked people, now that I'm here, who should I speak to and talk to? Who are the people that are making a big change and impacting the society? And someone said, well, have you heard about this girl? She's barely, I I think she was 18. And CNN had just written about her or BBC, I don't remember which Mm. one. And I was like... Okay, let me let me track her down and see what happens. Oh, yeah. So I sent a note on uh, LinkedIn. Apparently, I had her already on LinkedIn. Okay. Or I, like instantly had her on LinkedIn. Uh, yeah. And I, I texted and said, uh, I'm in town. I would love to meet you. Uh, would you be available this day and time? I was very specific. <laughs> yeah. Like, like. Just to give you an ex- example, imagine traveling to this country okay. and you send out an email that you want to meet someone mm. the next day. The next day. Yeah. In the morning. <laughs> and if that would have happened in Sweden, people would be like, oh, I'm so sorry. Have a nice trip. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> But she said, oh, my God, this is amazing because that time I am available oh. and I usually am not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Wow. 
so how should we do this? And I said, just come over to my hotel because I don't know my way around the city. She came and I, we didn't, we barely recognized each other, of course, because we'd never met. You have the LinkedIn picture to go. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. But she was on time. She was downstairs. And uh, we went for a lunch. That's, That's a picture from the first meeting. Yes. yes. Wow, lovely. Then and now, wow. huh? History, then and exactly. Now, yes. <laughs> I'll take a now picture. Of right. yeah. And then it was like, okay, but you know, um, let's have lunch or like a brunch thing. Yeah. So we went upstairs and we started talking about my personal story, her personal story, and then the why a lot. It was mm. like, okay, why am I here? Like, mm. what am I doing? And what do I believe in? Uh, and set aside all the money and all the issues. What if we don't have any problems? What would, what could we do together? Mm-hmm. And I just instantly got engaged in it because I, I love to, um, first of all, have a genuine meeting. And just without the benefit of doubt, you know, just give people Mm. the highest esteem. Mm. You know what I mean? Definitely. You can get closer to the like energy in those Mm. type of meetings Mm. where you just get rid of all the layers. Mm -hmm. Let's have a conversation. Yeah. Mm. And then no matter who it is, it could be the cleaning lady that Mm. we have upstairs right now on this program that we're going to talk about. It could be the, the receptionist. It could be the kids. It could be like a CEO of this global company or... Africa's AI queen, you know, <laughs> to me, I, I will give you, whoever you are, the highest of, uh, of esteem, mm. you know? I like that. I don't know how you're coded and what your purpose is. Then maybe I was sent for a reason or we uh, met for a reason to mm-hmm. do something together. Yeah. And uh, instead of having this amazing strategy and project plans and all mm-hmm. of that, mm-hmm. we just started saying, okay, let's do this in practice mm-hmm. more. Mm-hmm. And then while working with people, you find out, will this person show up? Mm-hmm. I'm sending this text on LinkedIn, but will she show up? Mm-hmm. I, I had no idea. Yeah. She showed up. Will we be able to have, you know, share dinner together? We don't know mm. yet. Mm. And then will we be able to change the world? I mean, like it starts with the very first uh, coding, I would yeah. say, mm-hmm. the first design. And then you build on, on top of that. That's a great, <laughs> great story of how you met and uh, that the connection you've been mm. able to make. And now it's two years or three years since mm-hmm. you met? Two years, yeah. Two years. And now we're in Stockholm mm-hmm. together. Yeah. What's the occasion for being in Stockholm right now? And I just visited you upstairs with all the kids. How many are they? Like 50? 70. 70 kids mm-hmm. all learning yeah. about coding and how to code. By the way, when I went up there, there was this young guy who mm-hmm. came up to me. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm going to be the AI king. Yeah, <laughs> really? Yes, he's really inspired. Oh, he was that's really, really nice. <laughs> that's really nice. I mean, that makes, okay. Only that is a, is a good takeaway. Yeah, it's a good, I mean, that's what we plan to accomplish with this uh, program is mm-hmm. to make sure that uh, everyone feels comfortable mm-hmm. going around computers and being able to say, okay, I know how to do this. I want to learn. Or even if they don't want to, we're getting them ready for the skills uh, in the future. So I think having that kind of like mentality and even inspiring kids mm. to actually pursue these types of careers is, is, is really, it's really a dream come true. And it's so important, like 
we're talking about in the conversation, uh, being aligned and finding what you want to do. I can hear that this is really what you want to do. And it, mm. you're the right person, right people, both mm. of you in the right place. I yeah. think um, just to add something to it. Mm. I mean, we we started off a relationship based on like, what if we would be two sisters doing something mm. great mm. rather than being two LinkedIn, uh, social media personas Mm. with titles and stuff uh, doing something because Mm. then you get occupied with how is this going to look and who's going to talk about it and how many likes and well, you know what I mean? Yes. So instead it was like, okay, if we were just two sisters, two people supporting, Mm -hmm. uh, the growth of kids instead of supporting the growth of our Mm. own ego. Like, so if we would focus on them and for the coming generations, Mm. then how much more can we do together? Mm -hmm. So that was the core, I would say, from my point of view. Yes. And then seeing this force of Mm. young person who's already doing it, then, I mean, to me, it feels like a crime not to engage (laughs) and empower, (laughs) you know? Yes. And then, I mean, when we met in Stockholm, we've met in Stockholm. Yeah. This is this is not our first. <laughs> no, no, no. I heard you were here in uh, April. Yeah, yeah. yeah, March, April. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's I think that's when we kicked off this idea yeah, of exactly. coming back and really making a change, uh, and and changing the trajectory of how we view technology, mm. knowledge. Mm. Where do we get the knowledge from? And instead of talking about Africa and selling the idea of Africa as if mm. it was a country when it's mm, not, yeah. <laughs> then we can instead add value to the West through yeah. Africa. Because then people will connect the value to Africa. That's definitely, I think, the best way to sell it. Yeah. Like add value, perform, basically. Yeah, that's and a good you leave point, them yeah. asking for more. I mean, when I was here, we had like back-to-back meetings that Bennett set up and we were able to learn and say, okay, this is how they're approaching this problem. Mm. This is what they want. Uh, This is uh, because usually when you think about uh, countries in Africa, it's always about grants, funds, but we want to make sure that there's a sustainable way of doing things. And sustainability numbers are big things in Sweden. Mm. And then that's when we, okay, so we have the following numbers. We're able to make it sustainable. So how can we actually make an impact here and also back home? So, I mean, it was it was kind of like, okay, we can do this. Let's do this. And And then apparently we're here now. And yeah, doing it. (laughs) And looking into the future, it sounds like you have a whole lot of more trips to come back. Most definitely. Yes. How, How would you look at the future collaboration? I mean, to me, it's it's starting to envelop like a rose that I didn't really expect <laughs> because now there are so many more people involved mm-hmm. or interested in getting involved. Um, like teaching kids programming and AI, having a young girl from Ethiopia coming all the way to the West or to Sweden and teach. I think it says a lot about how ready we are mm-hmm. to receive it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it doesn't have to be the um, sorry guys it doesn't have to be the old white man mm-hmm. uh, you know carrying the the fun of uh, tech I, I mean we can all 
carry mm. it yeah. and we can help each other out. Uh, so having that said, it also means that it can create a lot more opportunities for the kids. Right. Now we have a few of them. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot to us, but mm. uh, I can imagine if, if we would continue uh, and have a continuation of mm. the program, mm. it can grow into uh, more opportunities of internship, of summer jobs, mm-hmm. of expat yes. as a young person. Wow. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Wow. Imagine having... That's a perspective oh, widening. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. I always think like, okay, 100 years from now, how big can things be yeah. from a, a small seed? And I also see that it would be wonderful to see um, a correlation between... Mm-hmm the young people today going mm. and, and completing this course of one week to then uh, become entrepreneurs oh, in yeah. tech. Yes. Following and, the oh, yeah. results. Yeah. And following your footsteps and doing yes. the same. Like once they have become entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. maybe they will be ready to give back. And start yeah. educating. And then you get that trickle down effect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. So I think in full circle moments, and I think it will be from whatever it is that we're mm. trying to do now, today. That's fantastic. And looking at that room up here, uh, seeing the diverse set of people mm-hmm. there, it's a beautiful room. Mm-hmm. And I can just imagine how much more they can relate to you and you. Mm-hmm. It's about connecting. Yeah. It's about being able to envision yourself pursuing this. Mm-hmm. It's about getting the exposure and then trying it out yourself mm-hmm. and becoming an entrepreneur and then giving back. Mm-hmm. And I think you're perfectly placed to achieve this thank you very much thank you Uh we are (laughs) (laughs) can i just say this i think it's worth mentioning like yesterday the first day the kickoff day this young guy abdullah just raises his hand and he's saying i mean i'm used to seeing these are his words i'm used to seeing white older men talking about tech thank you for showing us that you can work with tech being brown and black skinned mm. as well and being young i mean to me that was like okay he wow. he got it yeah he really got the point mm. of um, representation yes. how important it is mm. and I, i'm also seeing like some of the people up here are from africa actually mm-hmm. like they have roots from africa mm-hmm. but i wonder if they're really exposed to it and what view they have of Africa even as Africans in Sweden Mm. you have a secondary view Mm. of Africa and then seeing someone like you said come from Africa to teach Mm. us uh, and from Ethiopia it's it's I think it encouraged them to to go back and find what could be found there and I'm seeing that from the different activities Mm. that we're doing Mm. they want to learn more represent more what they've come from Mm. and I think that's that's really cool and I think we're going to see it a lot in the animations and games Mm. that we're going to do oh yeah Mm. oh yeah you're creating content as well putting it out there yeah Thank you very much to the both of you. Thank you. Uh, looking forward to continuing this conversation in, in the form of a panel. Later oh, on. Yeah. Big shout out to the schools, yeah. Yarva School yes. and Cordoba International School with the principals and teachers that have mm. truly, they've showed up. They yeah. are supporting us fully and they are 100% engaged. Without mm. them, this day would not be possible. Yes. We wouldn't be making history without 
them. True. Truly. I definitely agree. And without Bennett. Well, <laughs> and a little shout out to the park as well, the yeah. venue that you got and where Definitely. you're podcasting right now. And where can people find you? Where can people get LinkedIn? in touch? LinkedIn, yes. Because you know what? He will be actually on the panel today. No, I met him through LinkedIn. Mm. He he wrote the same thing and we had like dinner and that's when it kicked off. Yes. So LinkedIn is the best way to connect the with place people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The same to me. Same I mean, LinkedIn, I just got to know uh, Instagram, but I'm not a big Instagrammer. Nope. So I think LinkedIn is definitely my main mm. source of uh, connection and networking. And then to me, I mean, I'm, I have a difficulty of having people on LinkedIn and not acting on it. Mm. So most people that mm. are on my LinkedIn page, I've met you mm. or we have spoken. Mm-hmm. And so Actually, if you reach out, that's going to happen. So people reach out, get in touch. Mm-hmm. And uh, if not, follow their journey. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thank, Thank you, Innocent. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Learnability Podcast is produced by Levels. Working in the fields of digital transformation, innovation, product development, and venture. If you want to know more about us, visit at wearelevels.com. And oh yeah, if you want to find additional material and contribute to the platform, you can do that at learnability.online. That's learnability.online. Looking forward to getting in touch with you.